You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Do What You Want Radio. I'm sitting here with Jacob Bennett. He is the owner and operator of Agenda Trading Co. Yes. So, um, Agenda Trading Company is a brand I put together. Uh, I guess about four or five. <laughs> Ringo, really? Is this going to happen every time I podcast now? It's quite all right. Keep, keep um, on, keep it on. So Agenda Trading Company is a brand I put together about four or five years ago. Uh, started in my garage. It's all outdoor-inspired stuff. I grew up camping, uh, Boy Scouts, all that. Made it to Eagle Scout and then just started screen printing in high school and the two went together, so I just took my trade skill and then my love for the outdoors started my own brand and uh that's all i do full time now i quit my job three years ago i believe and i was working full time in a print shop screen printing and doing vehicle wraps and stuff like that and uh definitely took a pay cut but it's worked out because i get to work from home full time and i stay at home with my kid and it's less money, but like more freedom and passion and yes. fun. Yes. And my, that's at least my <laughs> And way more opinion. stress. Oh, more yes. stress. Yeah. yeah. I have a bunch of, you probably can see all my gray hairs are out to play right now. I need to get my hair done again, but I didn't start really getting grays until like three years ago. And that was like right around the same time I started my yeah. business like full yeah. time. My dad likes to point out my gray hairs. I swear it's a thing. Yeah. Like, I yeah. really do. <laughs> um, no, so I think a lot of people have been wanting to know about what it's like to take that jump from full-time or I mean working somewhere else full-time to doing yourself full-time there are a lot of people who do things on the side who enjoy their day jobs or who Mm -hmm. have quit and I um, always talk about how I basically made the jump but I still do work one day a week at the place I used to work full-time um and so I I would love to hear about your experience with that and kind of when you knew what it was time and like what that process was like well, I worked for a family-run business, a print shop, and uh, I worked for them for about seven or eight years, really good people, but I was building my business on the side the whole time, and like I was telling you earlier, right down the road from where we're at now, lived in a little garage apartment. I think the apartment was like 400 square feet, but we, I had the full garage underneath, and that's kind of where my business started, so I'd work all day in the print shop, come home, print, and I did that for couple years and then told my boss what my plan was along like from the get-go and uh, he was real cool with it he didn't want to see me go but it was just years of juggling both and it was just getting to a critical mass where I had to sleep sometime yeah and you're not doing like the best you could with either yeah, so instead yeah, you're like half-assing both yeah candle burning at both ends yeah yeah um what was the scariest part about doing that Well, I mean, money, obviously, is always Mm -hmm. a big one. But uh, to me, I wanted to work on my own before I turned 30. And I think I quit when I was 26 or 27. I'm 31 now. Uh, I just knew I didn't want to work for somebody forever. And I was comfortable where I was at. I was getting paid good, worked for good people. And it's real easy to fall into that trap like complacency so many like you won't chase your dreams because you're just comfortable that I think is so true and also I think 
like you said, working for a family-run company, like usually those people get it because they yeah, did the same well, they thing did, themselves. Yeah, the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. and I, I used to work for um, a photographer in town, and it was kind of the same thing when I left to go work in graphic design. Mm-hmm. It was bittersweet, but it was like, she gets it because like, yeah. it's her company, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> same thing. Well, so I, I still go up there once every couple months and uh, do like some bigger installs. Like they specialize in vehicle graphics, all wrap mm-hmm. boats and like 18 wheeler trailers and stuff like that. So I still do some side work over there when they need an extra hand pretty much. But uh, I do a lot of events around town. So those are big money makers for me, which as you know, it's been raining a lot lately. So the last like three big events were all canceled. Yeah, so, and those are like all my first ones. So I'm like, yeah. is this how it always is? Yeah. Because this sucks. Like, this I don't is know. Chaos. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very. So, a little background too. I met Jacob at Baton Rouge Blues Fest. Um, but I had heard of your company through mm-hmm. people in town. I mean, Baton Rouge Creative Space is pretty small. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm fairly new to the vendor space and it's nothing like your setup was like legit. Like, you, you told me you built all of your. Shelving yeah, all and displays, displays and everything. And I was actually building some before I came over here. Yeah, and so when you had told me that day that you did it full time, because I also remember the day that it was like basically like hurricane winds. Mm-hmm. Everyone was t- yes. torn down, but you were still holding out, sitting there, and I was kind of like, <laughs> "Why he's crazy?" But then I was like, "Oh, if he does it full time, then that's not a joke. Like you yeah. gotta stick yeah. it out." Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about doing events a lot and how you rely on that for like a big chunk of your income. Well, I do a lot of online sales too, so I ship all over the place. But locally, I got a pretty pretty strong brand I think locally Mm -hmm. but uh the events just started off before I quit my job I just slowly just kind of meeting people and just networking and now it's become such a big thing I do so many events especially this time of year like the maker's market is always a big one monthly doing that next weekend but uh it's just such easy money Mm -hmm. and you get to set up and just pretty much sell yourself you like, mm-hmm. you get to talk about yourself and your product all day. <laughs> and yeah. people want to hear it, too. You aren't just, like, blowing hot air, you know? Right. Well, because you're the representation of that. Booth. Yeah. And yeah. that was a big thing at Blues Fest. And I had to go. people like that connection. Yeah. I had to go photograph a little bit of Blues Fest while I had my booth. And so my boyfriend was running it for me. And luckily, there weren't a lot of people that came by. But I was just like, this is, feels so weird. Me to have a booth set up and then I'm not <laughs> there. Like, what's the point? So I'm going to make it a point to be at my booth every time I do something like that because I don't know what else. My wife will come visit me and she'll hold down my booth for a while from time to time and she knows all my selling points enough now so she can kind of like throw those in if I'm not in the booth. But uh, earlier on, she's like, I don't know what to tell people when they show up and explain all this. Yeah. Yeah, well, Christian's pretty good too, but he said people were having questions about like my photography, like who's yeah. in that picture, like uh, musician-wise or or that kind of thing. And so I definitely am like, okay, I need to be at the booth. Even though I am a photographer, yeah. if I'm photographing the <laughs> event that I'm also vending at, it's just not going to work. Yeah, it's, <laughs> taking pee breaks is always uh, yeah. real rough when you do those events. <laughs> yeah, because you have FOMO. You're like, what if everyone wants to come yeah. by everything in that yeah. five minutes I'm gone? And that's how it happens too. It'll come in waves. You won't, yeah. like I'll sit there and I'll be reading a book and I'll be a couple chapters into a book and nobody's come by my booth and then all of a sudden I have people like fighting over each other to hand me money (laughs) like trying and they're just like grabbing stuff and getting t-shirts left and right and so so explain a little bit about what you sell at your booth and online and then how you decide or try to gauge what might be successful sellers at these events yeah that's so 
I'm a screen printer by trade, so most of my stuff I do is apparel. Um, I do a lot of stickers and patches, hats. I uh, have some shorts I'm working on, but being that I'm an outdoor brand, I'm trying to branch out and get more into products like hammocks and backpacks and actual camping supplies and stuff like that. Yeah, I saw and, your, when your van pulled up, it said I'd rather be camping. On yeah. the back, I was like, that must be yeah. him. Yes. <laughs> You're so on brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I drive a big uh, conversion van that uh, my family and I take camping all the time. But, um, so yeah, picking out products and stuff, that's always a tough one because I'll work on a design and I'm like emotionally invested into a design and I'll put it on the website. And that's and it the just, one no one buys. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> what's wrong with you people? Like, this is the best one I've ever done. But uh, early on, that was definitely a thing and being a screen printer I felt like I needed to put out shirts that had like three color front prints three color back prints because I know the labor that goes into it I'm like well if I put more labor into the shirt it adds more value but at the same time you're trying I, to be a businessman too yeah well I also don't actually like wearing shirts like that like I grew up skateboarding and listening to punk rock and I just always wore black and white t-shirts yeah. with like a one color print on it and then I started doing more of my prints like that and that turns out what other people like too but I it's way easier on my end to print a one colored shirt well I think that goes to show like when you try to be a people pleaser mm -hmm. it never seems that's to what work. I was getting at it never works I think there's an element to that that is cost of sorry this dog is crazy. <laughs> that's um it's savvy like you're being a business person to try to appeal to your audience after you see what's successful and sometimes mm -hmm. it's not what you like the best but I'm also learning that like the more I try to please the audience like the worse it gets so like I just need well, to make yeah, stuff that I like. people can tell when you aren't authentic you know. Right. And I've also released stuff where I'm like well this isn't quite on brand with what I'm doing but I still like it and those have been some of my best selling products. Mm -hmm. So it's always a gamble and with my business a lot like yours Ringo. Sorry, we're the face of the brand, also. Yeah. So there's. So if that, it's not authentic, that, then you feel like a sellout almost. Yeah, and people know when it's not either because I'm putting myself out there and being honest with people, and people right. connect to that, especially online. So your online audience, you said you mm -hmm. ship stuff all over the place. Is it still local to like the South, do you think? Or are you selling stuff like to all kinds of places? No, I places? put some stuff in the mail today from like Mississippi and Alaska and Connecticut. And like, how do you think people are finding you primarily? Instagram. Mm -hmm. And um, I do dabble with running ads like on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's helped some. Um, but that kind of goes back to the authentic thing. I like I understand it's marketing and it works for a reason, but Instagram has gotten so flooded with sponsored ads where like the punk rocker in me is like, I don't want to do this because I feel like a sellout, mm -hmm. but with it's the, marketing. With and the it, business person. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it gets the brand out there. So That's always the struggle I have, and I feel like I talk about that a lot with other people. And I honestly, primarily on this podcast, I have women, people who I mm -hmm. interview just because I think that's just I know a lot of women yeah, entrepreneurs yeah. but it seems to be a bigger um I don't want to say like I guess self-conscious thing mm -hmm. with with women on the internet because like 
if I post a picture of me in a cute dress standing in front of like a wall, it will do four times as good as like the cool picture I took at the hardcore show. Yeah. But it's like that to me, like that's well, too easy. I just don't want to stand and like make it about me wearing like a dress. But at the same time, if that's yeah. what's popular and that's what people want to see, then I kind of have to sprinkle those types of things in. And it's so hard to balance it and then feel like authentic about it. Yeah, yeah, because I'll post a photo of like a product and it'll go over pretty well, but. Last night I posted a picture of my chicken coop I just built, and it, it's just going nuts with like comments and like interaction. Because it's personal. Yeah. People want to know. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's cool, but, <laughs> but that's I'm not paying to, my bills right now. <laughs> I'm trying to sell this shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm well, and so on the topic of this dog. So I don't know when this is coming out, but just recently adopted a dog and like for me I'm like this dog is my world right now I'm just taking pictures of him left and right posting it I was like I don't want to make a dog Instagram account that's just one more thing to do but I started people were like unfollowing me because I was posting this dog and yeah. I was like what well, I yeah. everyone liked dogs so I made this Instagram account and he's growing faster than I ever have yep. so I'm like this is so weird what people want but goes back to show that you can't really um tell what they want yeah you can't but what's cool about the internet you can find your niche mm-hmm. and Locally, the niche might be very small, but you have the whole world online, so that niche is a whole lot bigger. Like, a lot of my stuff, it's all outdoor-oriented stuff, but I like to think my brand's a little bit, like, edgier. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got more of that punk rock vibe, and my wife's always giving me a hard time. She's like, why do you put skulls on everything? And I'm like, well, I like skulls, and they sell. Other people like skulls. So, it's uh, that personality thing and like people get drawn to that I guess just being who you are yeah I definitely can see that with your stuff too because there are it's not like you're the only outdoor brand yeah and I don't want to be like Patagonia where every like frat dude's just wearing it and they aren't invested in the brand Mm -hmm. like a lot of the people that I sell to like they're invested in my brand as much as I am like they like what I'm doing and they want to support me and my brand not just having the logo on a shirt you know so would you ever consider opening like a brick and mortar store no (laughs) tell me about that no way that was a very easy answer for you yeah so you probably know brad jensen that runs tim's garage i do have some stuff in his store and he does the retail end and we're pretty we're both graphic designers and screen printers but when i quit my job I didn't want to have that nine to five again. I didn't want to be tied down to that. Now, there's pros and cons because I may not have any work all week long, but then on the weekends I might have to work. Right. But I'm not tied to it. And then also I'm a stay-at-home dad. So if my son's just not having it that day, I just can't get any work done. Like, there's no way around it. I'm learning that with the dog. Yeah, it's not quite it, the same, but it really hey, has thrown me for a loop. And a dog are kind of they. The past week, I've gotten zero work done, and you can hear yeah. him in the background because he's just not working with the podcasting. But yeah. yeah, I totally understand that, and I think that's why everyone wants to like work themselves and why it seems like it's a dream. Mm-hmm. And then you get there, and that part of it is, but it is still hard because you're like, well. I don't know what your wife does, but, like, my boyfriend still works, like, a nine-to-five. So, I, yeah. if I want to take a vacation, great, but, like, he still task off. Like, yeah. so I still don't get to do everything I want to. My wife's a teacher, so I am fortunate enough she has, like, the all the holidays yeah. and summers and all that. So, I get a lot done when she's off of school. But we also get to go on a lot of trips and utilize me not having a regular job right. as well. How do you fulfill orders when you are out of town? 
I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've only had like one thing. Well, I was in Austin photographing yeah. South by Southwest for like a thousand days. And I sold like a shirt. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, when am I getting it? And I was like, when I get yeah. back, I don't know. I, I used to worry about that a lot. And customer service is very important. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not trying to sound like cocky. Like, oh, they'll just get it when they get it because I'm better than all this. But I used to like panic about it. And sometimes I'll take solo trips or camping trips with friends and my wife will fulfill orders when I'm going. But most of the time when I'm going on longer trips, like I let people know I'll get an order in and I'll email them and just tell them it's going to be a while. For the most part, people are really cool with it. They're like, oh, no rush. Just, right. Know, we really Unless it's like a gift for someone or something. Yeah, for the most part, people always tell me, well, I just really like what you're doing. And, you know, whenever it gets to me, it gets to me which is cool when that goes back to the just being authentic and stuff. Like, I'm not Amazon. I'm not going to, like, right. have it fulfilled within the hour you place it. And So as long as you're honest with people, I haven't really had any trouble with that. And you're still a one-man show, I mean, besides your wife helping and such? Or yeah, she employees? Did. No, it's just me. And when I my wife would do that, I mean, like, once or twice a year. Oh, okay. She's not, like, really involved with the business that much. And she'll take some photos of me from time to time. <laughs> yeah, Instagram wife. Yeah. Yeah. I have an Instagram boyfriend. Um, so it's just you, you're designing, mm-hmm. you're printing, mm-hmm. and designing all your stuff for ads and marketing and yeah. doing your website. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and it's a lot. It sounds like a lot when I ask other people, and then I'm like, wait, I'm doing that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it seems normal for me, but when I start, like, saying it to someone else, I'm like, oh, wait. That's pretty admirable. Hey, yeah, look at us Yeah, it's a lot go. of hats. You're yeah. wearing a lot of hats. Yeah. What, do you, what is your least favorite part of that? Design work. Really? Honestly. But your yeah. stuff's good. I, I bought a t-shirt from him at Blue's Fest <laughs> that has a cactus on it. It says, don't touch me. And I love it because I grew up in Arizona, and I also, like, really don't like, like, Christian, like, loves to, like, pet me and hug me. I'm like, yeah. please don't touch me. Yeah. I only care about that with the dog. Um, but I love the shirt, and I was really like excited to hear that you were designing everything yourself because mm-hmm. I'm like a fake designer is how I always say well, it. That's, I say the same thing. Yeah. I'm a screen printer that can dabble in design. I'm a photographer that can do the yeah. same. Yeah. And I mean, I do do graphic design for myself and for Manship Theater and here and there some projects, mm-hmm. but I am so intimidated at conferences like Crop and, oh, and yeah, stuff like that, that where all these designers are just like... Yeah. Such heavy you see hitters. their stuff, and I'm just blown away by it. But I'm literally like, I just took like a PNG and like image trace, and yeah. like I altered it, and then put a drop well, shadow. My stuff, I obviously don't mind designing that much, but like I got, I'm I got a new release that's coming out like the end of next week. So it'll be out hopefully by the time this comes out then. Yeah, but I know what I want, but I don't even have it designed yet, just because I'm putting it off because. I don't like sitting on the computer. Yeah. Well, I'm more of a hands-on. As an outdoor brand, I wouldn't yeah. expect you to like that yeah. part. <laughs> um, and so, like, as far as, like, the business, business side of things, like, you're dealing with all of the fulfillment and the taxes mm-hmm. and the just the dumb stuff. And I assume you probably don't like that either. No. Uh, yeah, me neither. Especially <laughs> I haven't really not met the a, taxes. haven't met a creator yeah. who's, like, been like, yeah, like, Excel. Yeah. Um, but... So your favorite part would be, like, screen printing? and oh, Yeah, the hands-on part of mm-hmm. it and um, being in my print shop. And I feel like I have a fine, fancy print shop in my garage with, like, high-end equipment and stuff. And I haven't 
been in it more than like an hour or two in like the last week. So you're probably a little antsy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just because I don't have print jobs right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in between some orders, but uh, there's just been all the other sides of it. I've been doing work, you know, all week. I just haven't yeah. been in there. Right now I have some little uh, baby chicks like in containers in there. <laughs> so you go in my print shop and you just hear all these chicks chirping and stuff <laughs> until they get up to size and put them into the chicken coop. Well, that's what I was about to ask you, too, because we kind of talked about it before we started recording. But so you print for yourself and your brand, mm-hmm. but you do also do orders for others? Yes, I do custom screen printing. That's uh, my main moneymaker right now. Uh, I would like to transition where the brand is obviously making the majority of my money. Right. But... uh yeah, I do a lot of stuff for bands, uh, a lot of local businesses, things like that, churches, anything under the sun. I've been printing tote bags for a spice company in Dallas okay. recently, which is like thousands and thousands of tote bags. So, <laughs> and, you, and these people are finding you on Instagram as well. Yeah, I don't really. Mostly, you think? I don't really market my custom screen printing that much because if I'm marketed anymore I wouldn't be able to handle the workload yeah (laughs) so it's all been word of mouth over the years and just building up slowly and uh, when I do the local events I'll hand out my business cards and let people know I do custom screen printing then but I don't really market that do you design for those people too or you just straight up print to a design they give to you I I was about to say I draw the line right there I try to draw the line right there Mm -hmm. and like discourage me doing design work most of the time people come with me with their designs already and I might have to tweak some stuff but like already don't like doing it and I just don't have the time like design work takes a lot of time time. a lot of back and forth and revisions and color changes yeah yeah (laughs) low resolution photos that they send you (laughs) and it's just a little nitpicking stuff and then the second you get the design done they're like well when are the shirts going to be done I'm like Come on, man. Yeah, give me a second. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because I didn't really ever think about it until just now, like what I do with photography, but it's very similar to you where it's like you have your brand, mm-hmm. your shirts, your designs, your vendor setup, but you're also doing stuff for other brands yeah. as a screen printer. And I never thought about that, but that's exactly what I do as a photographer. People just assume because I have a camera, I can take photos for everyone and everything. And... I do, but at the same time, I'm trying to build my own brand with yeah. my own photos from my Instagram and my color scheme and my shirts and whatever. And it's interesting because I never thought of it as being like separate things. It's always just been kind of one thing, and it stresses me out because, like you said, the money maker is when you're doing it for other people. Yeah, but that's, that's not, not where always your passions. No, and that's not always towards. on brand. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting better where people hire me for my style, mm-hmm. but there has to do a lot of stuff that like I'm not really <clears throat> posting about because it's not like yeah. meshing yeah. with. My yeah, if I posted about all the custom screen printing I did, I'd lose all my followers because it's Well, just, it's not your design work, right? Yeah, so. nobody wants to see these construction shirts I printed for some local mm-hmm. company. <laughs> That's just so interesting because I never really thought about it as being separate until just now. Because everyone always used to be like, why don't you have like a separate photography Instagram? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I just have it all under one thing because it's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this worked until now. But it does sometimes feel like I'm marketing like separate things to separate audiences, which yeah. is why it's so yeah. hard sometimes because I have online workshops which are meant for one type of person then I have like high-end photography services for another type of person then I have like a podcast for people like me so it's a lot of different people (laughs) in the in the pot so that's interesting that you said that and it's kind of like a separate thing in your mind at least Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, so I want to hear a little bit about when you first started doing stuff yourself and you were just kind of like taking the leap on your own. I think people like to hear about that. What was like your first like month like, if you can remember? The first month was awesome. <laughs> because Everyone it was supporting you. Yeah, well, um, I was completely free to do whatever I wanted. <laughs> we didn't have a son yet, so uh, it was just me in the house. And I was like, I still had money saved up for my job and all that. And I was working out, doing all the fun stuff in my business. So the first month was awesome. And then you get a couple months into it and you're like, I don't have a steady paycheck. Then it gets a little bit more stressful. <laughs> but I think one of the biggest things, like, I have a lot of people, like, everybody sees the end result. And I'm not rich by any means, but I do get to work from home and work for myself and, like, all this. And people didn't see all the long nights you put into it and mm -hmm. all that. And it's real important, I think, to build it on the side. And I think everybody should do a side gig, whether they plan on doing it full-time or not, you know. And... My wife and I are real into minimalism, and we just don't have a lot of stuff. We don't have debt. <laughs> My like, house is like yeah, state yeah, our scene. house is is not like yours. We have four things on the wall. I wish I could be a minimalist. That includes a TV and a clock. And then two <sighs> paintings. <laughs> Ooh, I wish I could be. I had to take my rugs up because Ringo is still potty training. Yeah. And it's already bothering me. I'm like, it looks so empty in here. I need my rugs back <laughs> on the floor. Like, I have so much crap everywhere. Um, but so I don't want to get too, like, personal with, like, financial stuff. But it seems that, like, you have children, a baby, mm -hmm. one, a baby on the way, right? Yes. And a son and a wife. And you're doing it full time. So I would assume you're you're doing a lot to support the family with what you're doing. Do you have yeah. any tips for like people in the financial realm? Because a lot of us creatives struggle with the stability part of that and like saving and things. Do you have any like budgeting tips or do you just kind of go with the flow based on the job? I am fortunate enough. My wife has a full-time job. So like we have that other income. It's not mm -hmm. just me, but uh, I cash rolled all my equipment. And which sucks because you want everything right now. But like I said, I don't like debt. I don't like having debt. Like my business doesn't have any debt. I don't have any personal debt. Like, so it makes saving up for stuff a whole lot easier. So that's another good thing to do while you're building your business on the side. Like if it's not your main income, like you shouldn't have to take out any debt to do that. Just save up might take a little longer but I think it's that was the biggest thing because the day I quit my job I didn't have any extra bills to pay on any of my equipment my press or anything like that so so running a debt-free business is like your key to survival yeah. yeah I am not there yet but working on it yeah it, <laughs> every it, time I have an art show I like max out my credit card and I'm like hope I sell some of these pieces to pay off all the frames and the yeah, printing <laughs> yeah yeah um, it's not easy but uh, because there's definitely times where, like, I, I need some equipment right now, and I've gotten real close. I'm like, man, I just, I know I'll make the money back. And I'm like, just restrain yourself. And just, it'll come. I think just that's let it. good to hear. The patience is what people, because someone it's like tough, me is just like, but, I'll get all these shirts printed tomorrow, and I'll put on the credit card, and then I hope I sell it, and then Blues Fest rains out. And I'm like, yeah, cool, like now, then, but I have all this inventory. <laughs> so it's all stacked in buckets over here. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, no, I think that's a really good tip, and I think that's the kind of stuff people who are creative don't think about. Um, well, yeah, because when you're creative, you just want to, like, make and make and make and create. 
Like, I have millions of ideas up here, and if I could get them all out of my head and onto a product, it'd be awesome. And my maybe my brain would slow down a little bit at that point, too, and I could mm -hmm. sleep. <laughs> but you just got to wait things out, and, you know, when you have the money, put out those products. And So how many products do you currently have, like Ballpark? I usually have anywhere from, like, 15 to 24 shirt designs out at, out at a time. Wow. Which is a lot of inventory. Yeah. Because you got to have every single size and every single one of those shirts. Yeah. But it's nice that you're a screen printer because you can just oh, kind yes. of print as needed. Yeah. I yeah. find that if I had space, I would get into screen printing. Because we did a little bit of it in mm -hmm. college and I found a lot of joy in doing it. I just don't have space or equipment. But yeah. I'm learning that real fast. Like, I'm asking the printer, like, I need, like this random amount of each size and then well yeah and like them. a lot of shops have minimums like my minimum is 12 shirts for mm -hmm. a custom order so but with my personal stuff if i need one or two shirts i can just print it right and i oversell on my website all the time no matter how well i do my inventory it never fails somebody always orders a shirt i don't have in stock and i'm like oh, i gotta print one shirt <laughs> But that is nice that you can just do that, and you're not yeah. just like, oh, I'm waiting till my next. Because if you're, you're the printer, so someone on my end is like, oh, 10 people want yellow hats, but I'm not going to reorder until I can yeah. get like 20 people to agree yeah. that they want one. <laughs> and one of my t-shirt suppliers is a mile and a half from my house. Oh, that's nice. Right on the other side of Florida Boulevard. So I can order shirts. If I wanted to, I could come out with a brand new design by like lunchtime, like from designing to ordering shirts to burning the screens to printing it and getting it on the website, I could do it all in a day if I wanted to. That's some so, good freedom because a lot yeah. of the other end, which you're the printer, so I don't yeah. want to <laughs> complain because I get what you're doing, yeah. but on like my end, it's like you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, and like, mm -hmm. the, you know, I can't take pictures of it to put on the website to even like sell pre orders of it until yeah. I have like the whole thing. And, um, but I'm really not doing near as much volume. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, and that's just T-shirts. I have like tons of stickers and smaller items. You have items mugs and, and stuff too, don't you? I don't have any at the moment. I think yeah, I remember I've seeing in those the cool camping mugs. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing some more of those soon. Those went over really well. I am a big fan of things that are not gender or size specific, like fanny packs and hats and yes, bandanas that's why and I, I want to get more into actual camping supplies mm -hmm. because I could just order a hundred of that thing and just have a hundred of them. Right. But with t-shirts, I gotta have a hundred over like five or six different sizes. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> Yeah, what do you do with your sizes that don't sell? Do you put things on like clearance or do yeah. you just, I, yeah? I have like a last call section on the website where I'll knock down the price some. One thing I do locally that has grown over very well is with older designs or things that just aren't selling, I'll pull the inventory, take it off the website, and I do grab bags and put them in like brown paper bags and just mark them by size and sell them for a few bucks at events. And I'll have some people that will spend like $50 on grab bag shirts. That's a really good idea. <laughs> but it was inventory that I wasn't moving anyway. Right. And I'm, yeah, I'm not making top dollar, but I'm covering the cost of the shirt and my labor and still making a couple bucks. And you you're know, getting rid space. of it. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, I'm a min minimalist. I don't like having a lot of stuff in my shop. <laughs> I just live in a very small space, as you can see. And although I have a lot of crap and like figurines, like the the working at home part, when it's just me and my computer is fine. Mm -hmm. But when it comes time for preparing for an art show or doing anything like that, and I have all yeah. that crap everywhere, I'm like, 
because I could never get like a storage unit or else I'd fill it. So yeah. I'm like one of the people like I have to <laughs> keep yeah. it. What, what I already have is crap everywhere, but it can't be anymore. So I totally understand that and needing space for everything. Yeah, my print shop is 225 square feet. Like it's teeny tiny. So I don't have a lot of room for extra stuff in there. And it's in your garage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I try to keep everything in the garage and not have my business spill over mm-hmm. into the house. Because I think it's really like... It's good to keep those two separated, and it's very easy for both of those to get blended together when mm-hmm. you're working from home, especially. Yeah. I try really hard. It's on a much smaller level, but, like, I have a desktop computer mm-hmm. on a standing desk right here, and then I have my laptop, and I try really hard to only work on my computer in the living room. Like, I don't bring it into the bedroom mm-hmm. unless I'm, like, sick or, yeah, yeah. like, there's this one time I was, like, half asleep, and I was like, I have to send this email, and so I grabbed it, but... If I started doing that, then I don't think I'd ever get out of bed, and I'd be working yeah. from bed all the time. And uh, I, I totally get that. And I think it's like a it's a mental clarity thing. Like if I had a different office where I could leave the house and go, mm-hmm. it would make me feel more productive, even if I wasn't. Oh yeah, there are like there's times where I'll put off doing work, and I'm like, well, I really need to mow my grass just because I don't feel like working that right. day, and I can justify it. I'm like, well, I'll do something around the house. So it. It would be nice if I had like a separate workspace that wasn't necessarily in the house, but. How does this work with being a stay-at-home dad? It's tough. Because he's young, right? <laughs> yeah, so he, he's a handful. Um, it was funny, like I wanted to work for myself so I wouldn't have to work nights and weekends, and all I do <laughs> is work nights and weekends now. Because <laughs> the kid like, in the daytime. Yeah, so I wake up super early every day and get some work done before the rest of the family wakes up. And then I just sit around in like basketball shorts till my wife gets home around four. And then I get to work. <laughs> <laughs> like I can usually, like my son will stay occupied and like entertain himself. But the second I touch my computer, he's just like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> that's, he, well, go ahead. Oh, no. But um, that's also part of juggling the two. Like part of the reason I started working from home was so I could be a stay-at-home dad like we had this planned out and I'll catch myself getting frustrated that I can't get any work done and I'm like well I'm here to be present for yeah for my son not necessarily for my business so juggling the two well that's what I was going to say it's still not the same but (laughs) new dog it's only been a week at this point of recording and like he's got mad separation anxiety and like I'm trying so hard to be courteous to my neighbors and only leave the house between nine and five when I think they're all at Mm -hmm. work because I can be at home all day but I have shoots and whatever luckily I haven't had a shoot in the past week so but it's the same it's like as soon as I start recording the podcast he's jingle jangle and he wants to do stuff I'm like really like we've been sitting we've been sleeping all day like I can only imagine a kid would be like that times a thousand but um but then I'm like well this is what you know people say you don't have time for a dog or you shouldn't get a dog Mm -hmm. if you don't want this and I'm like okay well (laughs) here we are and I go like seven thousand walks a day I get nothing done well, um, another thing I do, like, when I was first starting out, you want to, like, please everybody and respond to every email, like, immediately. And I, I do not check email, like, after, like, 4.30 every day. Mm-hmm. And and I don't do phone calls. Like, I that, that, feel that, you. That really confuses people. They're like, well, I only do business over the phone. I was like, well, I guess we aren't doing you business together. You better get together. an email. Yeah. And that's another thing. People get real offended when I'm just honest with them. I'm like, look, this business transaction just isn't going to work out. But I'm, I've built my business in a certain way where it works for me. And 
if we talk on the phone, I'm going to forget the conversation. And there's no paper trail. You can't yeah. search your email to find exactly. out who they were or what you said. And uh, and it's real good to cut that time off. Like when I'm at home and present with my wife and kid, I want to be present for them. I don't want to be checking email constantly. And it's real easy to get caught up with that and then like responding to social media stuff. Like people will I contact. Hate DMs so yeah. Much. I get DMs about custom screen it. printing all the time, and I tell them to send email me an email. <laughs> yes. But that does weed it out. Because if they can't do that simple times. thing, yeah. then you're not going to have yeah, a Yeah, it's time somebody sitting on the couch and they're like, oh, give me a quote for t shirts. And I'm like, I'm not going to. No. Yeah. Send me an email and let's do this right. And well, people don't realize what a quote actually means. Like, a quote means you have to sit down and do some math. Like, yeah. if I'm on my actually, phone I'll and take DM. That back. Quoting is probably my least favorite thing. Not design quoting work. makes me like <laughs> want to die. I, I'm not an anxious person, but like I get anxious quoting, yeah. especially big commercial jobs because I'm like this could be really big, but you have to for photography you have to know like your boundaries of like are you licensing the image? How long are you using it for? Is it going on a billboard? Is it just going on your Facebook? Are you printing it for your fridge? Are you printing it for a magazine? Like I need to know. Yeah. And it's not like to piss you, and you off. You don't want to undersell know. yourself. Right. Which, you don't want to lose the job. You don't want to overquote it. And so it then and, I take too long to quote, but then I, yeah. it's because it's math. And so people who just like want to DM me, be like, hey, let's shoot, or like love to work with you. So I'm like, sounds great. Email me because I need to sit down and like, I need to know when, how mm-hmm. long, when do you need the photos? Like, what is it? Like, where is it? Like, is it in Baton Rouge? Is it an hour? Like, this, this is all math. I have to sit down. There's like a formula to figure these things out. Like, I can't just like on the fly DM you. Yeah. And if it's something <laughs> simple, maybe, but even still, I'm like, please email me. And I've harped on that a lot, and people still don't understand, but like, I check my DMs like once every like three weeks. Mm-hmm. I responded to a DM from like a year ago, the other day, and I was like, sorry, but like, I just yeah. don't want to do this. And people are like, well, why? You're on social media so much. I'm like, yeah, but like, I don't. I, my whole brand is do what you want. Like, if I don't want yeah. to answer DMs, yeah. like, yeah. I don't want to answer DMs. Like, yeah. what are you going to do about it? I'll <laughs> like, shoot the shit with people, with like, on Instagram and stuff if you want to just chit-chat or something. But I'm not going to do business right. over social media. Right. It's and it's I, weird because social media is business, at least for me it's in marketing, some respect. But, but, yeah, I don't want to have all yeah. my conversations well, through like DMs. Well, I've had, like, really important opportunities come through through DM, mm-hmm. and I almost didn't catch them. And... It just irks me because I'm like, you're a big brand. Or, like, you're yeah. a big... Like, why are you doing business then? I guess that's how some people do it now. And with influencers and such, I think some people prefer that. But I don't answer email on my phone either. Because, like, I feel mm-hmm. like when I'm on my phone, I mess up the thread or I'm misspelling something. Or I'm yeah. I'm not... Like, I end up sounding like an idiot because of the way I'm typing. It just feels like texting mm-hmm. to me and it's not formal. And so I want to be on my computer where I can really do it. Yep. But then sometimes, like, this week when I'm busy with new dog or whatever it took me like a week to respond to anybody about anything probably even you i know you were not very punctual no <laughs> I, yeah i was so bad and i'm like but that's what i get because i tell everyone it's I quite all right though because i understand and then like if i don't answer the email then but no i feel the same way about phone calls <laughs> and it's it's tricky because i think we're in a generation where everyone everything's at your fingertips and i use yeah, my everybody phone. wants a like immediate response and yeah all that. And, and i use my phone just as much as the next person but i feel you on the email well, thing that's another thing with with my brand also it's like an outdoor brand and i'm passionate about like being outside and like disconnecting and like yeah that's part of your brand this space but at, like every time i go camping i'm like this is a good opportunity to take photos for my feed but i'm like nah, i'll take yeah. one or two i want to actually enjoy camping and i don't want it to just turn into like I go camping just to get product photos and stuff like that. And yeah. 
it, it is hard. The I think the consistent topic I talk about with everyone on this podcast and just in life in general is like the balance or lack mm-hmm. of balance of solopreneurs and how your life is your business and your passion is your life and your life is your, you know, everything's yeah. all connected. Yeah. <laughs> and there's that great Venn diagram that's like, you know, pick two and it's like three circles and one's yeah. like social life, one's like financial stability and one is like, you know, passion or joy mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like you can only have two of the three. And it's always something I work on. And I I don't think about it until, like, I talk to another person about it. And I'm like, it really is so hard. Like, especially, like, you you said you're staying at home with your kid and you're wanting to go camping. But then, like, your brand is that, like, you work from home and yeah. <laughs> that you go camping. So I'm the same way. And it, it can be hard. Oh, you have the Don't Touch Me sticker on your water I sure bottle. I do. I have it. I need to... <laughs> I put a bunch of stickers on a suitcase over there, but I think that's um, something that's always present on everyone's minds. Well, it is cool to like have a lifestyle that's congruent with my brand. Like the more I camp, the more like it puts my brand out there and stuff, you right. know. And uh, I just got this new van, but my previous van had like branding and everything on it, and we go on road trips all the time, so that's just free advertising. Free marketing, yeah. yeah. Um, well, going back to the authenticity, like it wouldn't be your brand if it wasn't you. And if it wasn't, that'd be weird. That'd be like if I purchased your brand from you and I was like, Mm -hmm. all right, I am now in the trade and I don't (laughs) do all those things. Like it would just make no sense. Um, and so I think that's why people buy into it because it's obviously authentic to you, but that's where it's a double-edged sword because then it's like also (laughs) your mental well-being and like self-care just suffers. Um, I totally feel all of that. So... What is coming up for you in terms of, like, your business? Like, are there any ways that you're trying to grow? Or are you trying to keep it small with yourself? Are you trying to scale? Um, like I said earlier, I have some stuff in Tim's garage. Uh, I do have some stuff in the backpacker. Mm-hmm. So I would like to get into more retail stores and have other people sell my stuff for me. Doing wholesale and stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously don't make as much per shirt but i get wholesale orders and i just treat it like a custom screen printing order and they do all the legwork but uh, i'm pretty I, I want my brand to grow more but i'm content with it being online and just social media uh, i think there's a place for brick and mortar but with social media and selling online where it's at you can do so much with it that mm-hmm. there's I have plenty of friends that have brands that that's all they do. They don't even do wholesale orders for brick and mortar places and they make a killing doing it. So mm-hmm. it's possible to do it, but that's pretty much the goal is just grow the brand and and keep it a one man operation. Yeah. 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 Everybody's like, Oh, you know, when your business gets big and you hire somebody, I'm like, I'm not doing that. And everybody's like, well, well why you're going to like shoot yourself in the foot and like, like it's not always about making the money and yeah. the profit like I did this so the rest of my life can like I can have freedom in the rest of my life I don't want to be like married to the business and have to work all the time so that's always I think the question I get too is like a lot of people like to ask like well do you have like interns or like can I shadow you and I think I go back and forth like some days I'm like it'd be really nice to have like a, an assistant or somebody but then the other days I'm like I'm at home like literally in like my like pajamas yeah. like this is the <laughs> office like if you come over like I don't want to entertain you yeah. and like delegate and 
and but then it's also and sometimes I'm like, man, I wish someone could just like go pick up my mail for me because I have like yeah. a UPS yeah. box at a UPS store, and just doing that to get my checks is like a whole thing sometimes. And sometimes I'm just like, can someone just do like Run the dirty work? Yeah. <laughs> like I don't want. I need yeah. like a personal assistant, not like an employee. <laughs> but um, I'm not gonna pay you. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's the other thing. It's like I'm not making enough to pay someone yeah. to do anything. Like I, if I was making enough to do that, then I, things would look a little different around here. So yeah. um, it is. I think everyone's on the outside at least everyone's perspective is like oh you started a business like you're trying to become like you know this big company and i don't think i think we're all trying to make more money but we're not trying to become bigger companies yeah if yeah. that makes sense like i think there's ways to scale financially without scaling size wise sometimes they go hand in hand yeah. especially with a product based business i think when you have mm-hmm. like only so many hours in the day where you have to physically make all the stuff yeah yeah i'm not opposed to getting bigger if I if there's just an opportunity for mm-hmm. it but I have no plans it's and not I'm, like you're like I'm not striving yeah. to do that yeah so. I know with what I do it would be weird like I would always be the one taking the photos and editing the photos and everything yeah. else maybe someone could help with but I would yeah, never want to have somebody else like, just doing like desk stuff I guess like yeah yeah but like you said it's, work. the good thing is that you're flexible like I want to be able to like travel to I don't know Italy or something and I could like run my business from there like it doesn't make a difference where you are when you're doing it yourself um, which is I think really the goal <laughs> and yeah. then to be financially yeah. stable to go along with that um, well so where can everyone find your stuff see your camping photos and purchase all of your products so everything's under Agenda Trading Company uh, mainly Instagram Facebook and I have a YouTube channel as well. Oh, cool! I didn't realize that. Yeah, uh, the YouTube channel is kind of all over the place. Like, uh, I do a lot of my van build stuff, and I'll just put up a video about my chicken coop I built, and then I'll do screen printing, like, kind of stuff, like just things I've learned, hacks, and all that. But everything's under Agenda Trading Company, and website's agendatradingcompany.com. So keep it pretty consistent across the board. Uh, time out on that the YouTube that's a lot of work do you find that it has like a good reward like people really engage with your videos and such I'm not this is the first video I put out in like nine months like okay. the first year I did it I was pretty consistent it's a lot of work video is so much right everyone wants to yeah. know why I don't do YouTube stuff I'm like I have like two videos up and they're stupid and they took way too long yes it is a <laughs> lot of work so I'm a lot of props to people that do video editing and these YouTubers that that's they do all daily they do. vlogs yeah. and stuff. I'm like, first of all, there is revenue to really be made, care. but I think doing something daily like that would people don't care that much. People barely yeah. care if I post on my Instagram every yeah. day. So, but no, that's that's interesting. I'm gonna have to go check that out because I do think there is a market for video content for behind the scenes or like you said, mm-hmm. hacks or how to videos. And it's just and another platform to get your brand out there. Yeah, definitely. So. Well, very cool. I'm going to be linking all these things in the show notes, which will be at jordanhelfer.com slash show notes, and you'll have your own agenda trading page with all cool. the information in this um, this episode. And I hope to see you at a market. I'll actually be there this Saturday, too, which yes. is irrelevant to yep. when this podcast comes out. But <laughs> either way, he'll be at most of them, I think. Yeah. So keep a lookout for him. Hey, y'all, just popping in to give a big thanks to you for listening to this episode of Do What You Want Radio. As always, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and follow if you're on Spotify. Show notes for this episode and more can be found at dowhatyouwantradio.com. 
I am super active on my Instagram account at Jordan Heffler if you're interested in keeping up with me there. And I also have a weekly email newsletter that you can subscribe to at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Every Thursday, I send out a tip of the week along with promotional information about my Do What You Want workshop series, online e-courses that help you learn to create authentically branded content that leverage growth on your social media platforms all by yourself. I also have Lightroom presets, merchandise, and just general information about my life and photography business in these email newsletters. Y'all are so awesome for listening. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep doing what you want. (laughs) Did that sound too fake?